I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. No computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the great robot wars. And Peter Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Why'd you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tenuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. My Govanin and Suilaid to everyone listening live and online, and to my most charming Hobbit co-host, Milo Longsdown at your service, Elf Princess, and my greetings to all of our listeners. A special greeting to my niece Genevieve, who may be listening, but I will give greetings to her throughout this hour as <laughs> she may be tuning in. And greetings to our listeners at KUCI.org, where we broadcast live on the internet as we have for many many years 24 by 7 and also to those of you listening to podcast after the fact we podcast at KUCITalk.org and also at itunes go to the itunes store and for free you can download what would arwen do just look for a-r-w-e-n to download the latest podcast usually up the day after today is july the 19th 2011, so hopefully 
sometime tomorrow on Wednesday the 20th, it will be there. And if you would like to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Our website is askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, askanelf at yahoo.com. So if you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering, what is this show all about? Well, if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf puts it, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> a guide to Middle-earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So as an elf, I believe this, quote, elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So welcome again, Ellen Dali, elf friends, Ellen Salalomen and Mentiovo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. And my dear Hobbit friend, it is so delightful to see you again today. It is delightful on my part to see you and see that we have listeners live on the Internet, knowing that there is a good possibility my niece Genevieve will be tuning in any minute now. Yes, that's wonderful. She's at a uh, science camp, is that right? Yes, it's a wonderful science camp. At Golden West Community College, they have this thing for middle school-aged children called CSI, Crime Scene Investigation. Uh-huh. So in using the ability to take fingerprints, look at blood types, examine the crime scene, it's really a means of uh, educating them in some of the aspects of science and how science can be useful in everyday life. Well, that is wonderful because this kind of is in line a little it's bit. It's in with, line with our theme today. Yes, we will be interviewing a little bit later a representative 
Representative Cynthia Williams, who is the Eureka Director at Girls, Inc. of Orange County, which is a national organization uh, with a chapter... Um, and, uh, uh, a chapter of their organization here in Orange County, and we'll be talking about the whole concept of empowering girls. They have girls there from four and a half to 18. So uh, that'll be fun a little bit later in our program. And I'd like to say a special hello as well to any of our friends who may be listening um, here in Southern California through the radio. 200 watts that we broadcast. 88.9 megahertz on your frequency modulated dial. <laughs> or uh, through the internet at kci.org or iTunes. And so a special hello I'd like to say to Ro, in case she's listening. I know she's having all kinds of archery adventures this summer, and I can't wait to have her back on in the fall. Oh, my gosh. To tell us about it. She does a lot of, a lot of the archery that she's teaching right now is uh, through kids' camps. So, a wonderful, wonderful thing she does, and yeah. she is such a, an impressive figure. Yes, and one of my dearest friends, the shield, shield maiden of Escondido. <laughs> and she really looks it. Yes, and uh, so hello to her and to any of our friends who may be listening in through TorqueTheOneRing.com, my personal favorite message board for uh, the community of people who are uh, wild and crazy about J.R. Tolkien and still enjoy talking to each other about it. However, there is another wonderful website that my Hobbit friends, which is really a little bit more for um, fans, especially regarding the movies. And that is the OneRing.net, Torn, mm -hmm. which has wonderful news tips and items, uh, commercial things and non-commercial things, educational things, movie things, a wonderful set of information that they provide and hostings of various special events they did as they did Midnight Madness a few weeks ago when the Blu-ray yes. extended edition of The Lord of the Rings was released. And one of the things I, I like about um, Torn is uh, they've... Well, Torque is kind of like a small, you know, community. It's, it's a very it's, active yeah. Conversational community. Yes, and the OneRing.net, which I believe that they have a blog or something, but it's just wonderful that there are things that appeal to different people. And one of the things, um, the OneRing.net, they're just um, they're just wild and crazy. They get they get all these little details. And one of the things that I noticed, oh my gosh, on the homepage today, there is a nice little shot of Orlando Bloom. Um, for those who like to uh, gaze upon upon such things. But one of the things that I saw the other day was, um, and I'm not sure, I thought it was through Torn. You, you may have seen it. But it's like a little um, five-minute or five-second five uh, Hobbit update thing. That's right. They have uh, the, the Hobbit in five. Torn, Hobbit, yeah. The Hobbit in five. And they have a five-minute little video clip that updates you on various current happenings in the world of the Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and The Hobbit and everything. Yes, and that was, I think that was where I uh, discovered this newly released um, picture of all of the dwarves, yes. all 13 of the dwarves in costume. The pictures have been sort of filtered out one at a time. We've seen uh, Feely and Keeley, we've seen Beefer, Bomber, and... Balin and Dwalin, Glowin and Owen, and finally they have released a single amalgamated 
picture of all of the dwarves in costume, especially the impressively attired Richard Armitage as Thorin Oakenshield mm. with Orchrist. What a tremendous photograph that is, and how great he looks. Yes, and um, I was just noticing, I mean, Peter Jackson and the the people that he pulls together are always so amazing, you know, what a workshop with all the weaponry, but the axes and the costumes, it's, again, it just, you know, you look at it and you can't help but wonder, you know, uh, Academy nominations. Instant Academy nomination yeah. for makeup. When you look at that uh. hair design... Yes. It's, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Of course, we do have to wait. It's less than a year and a half away, but it is December 14th, 2012, yes. when the film will, the first part one will premiere. Well, I, um, being, an, you know, we elves really are very much um, enjoy things that are beautiful. <laughs> aesthetically pleasing and i will say because i thought well dwarves you know generally you know i mean they're very hardy and you know but i don't know that i ever really pictured any of the dwarves in the hobbit as being necessarily you know like something um super attractive i mean and i thought gimli was quite charming in lord of the rings um, however, I have to say, Thorin Oakenshield, and then that pictures of Keely and Feely, which are younger dwarves. Um, yeah, <laughs> very, very interesting. It's it's funny because um, one of the things that kind of came to my mind when I saw the picture, especially uh, Feely and Keely, I was thinking of um, Star Trek. You know, the um, uh, the race of the. Um, Oh, come on, you know. You know well, in Star Trek, you have the Vulcans. You have... I can't believe that the, the word has just completely gone out of my brain. Um, you know, the... the, the um, okay, I'm stumbling over my words. You're, you're giving me that blank look. Anyway, those are the ones. The, um, you know, the real... Uh, the warrior race. Oh, the warrior race. Yes. Um, Yes, and it slipped my mind as well. But anyway, the dwarves, you know, because they, they're very attractive in a strange kind of way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. But wonderful. The, the, make, the makeup and the costumes, you know, I feel kind of sorry for the, the, for the guys the of having to put, away, put on that, uh, that makeup every day. But Every day of yeah. shooting, they have to have that applied. They have to get up early in the morning to have it applied. And so um, I think we have some we have some movie news, do we not? Well, we have just a few little items I'd like to mention. They are in the they have completed block one of shooting as we covered on last week's program, and they are preparing now for the second block of of shooting of photography to occur. So these little things coming out. For instance, three days ago, the OneRing.net spread the rumor that Ian Holm and Christopher Lee are shooting The Hobbit in the UK. There is an artist by the name Darren Brown, who tweeted something saying, off to watch some Ian Holm and Christopher Lee being filmed for The Hobbit. How exciting. So apparently there is, uh, there is some truth to this rumor that at least Sir Christopher Lee, as Sarah Man, will make an appearance in The Hobbit. And because he's really not able mm-hmm. to make long flights anymore... Uh, there is, of course, a necessity for the, sh- the photographing, photography, to occur in the UK. So uh, the production company has not confirmed or denied this. They have said no comment. But, mm. but it looks like we will see Sarah Mann in The Hobbit 
movie or movies coming out at the end of next year. But really, go to Torn, go to the OneRing.net and look at those wonderful photographs. There's individual photographs of Dwaylan and Balin, individual photograph of Keely and Feely, Owen and Glowen, and, of course, that wonderful, wonderful photograph of Richard Armitage as as Oren, Thorin Oakenshield, just a beautiful shot with him holding Orchrist, the mighty sword. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, Peter Jackson has a website, isn't that correct? Um, what Peter Jackson has been doing recently blog? is just blog? putting everything on his Facebook. So Facebook is like a shared blog kind of facility. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Facebook.com, log on and search for Peter Jackson, you'll see a little uh, photograph of him t- near the top of those search results. And on his Facebook page, he puts production notes in text. And he's also posted two videos, a short one very close to the beginning of production and a 10-minute wonderful production update that he has done recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't remember where it was that I saw it, but um, I was serving around a little bit the other day, and there was an very interesting uh, clip uh, having to do with Andy Circus, you know, who is the, what do they call it, second unit director? He is the assistant director. Assistant director. director. Yes. And apparently he's doing some of that um, motion capture thing for Tintin, uh, the Tintin movie that's coming out in December of 2012. Which Peter Jackson is a producer of, yes. Yes. Uh, so that, you know, all, they're just involved in all kinds of things. And isn't that um, something about a unicorn, something? Tintin, I don't know what Tintin uni- is about, yes, actually. I haven't read up on it. I yeah. should, since Peter Jackson is yeah, there. Yeah, but it looked very interesting. And, of course, you know, I mean, just amazing, uh, all the things that Andy Serkis is using his talents for these days. So, um I'm very excited. We have uh, a guest calling in about five minutes, uh, Cynthia Williams, who will be interviewing from Girls, Inc. And But I thought we would do a little reading because oh, what is, today is idea. an today anniversary. Today is July the 19th, <laughs> uh-huh. and that is the anniversary of Bilbo finding the One Ring. Yes, and of course that uh, is just happens just previous to the segment in The Hobbit of Riddles in the Dark. And so, my dear Hobbit, since you have such a lovely vi- voice, I have um, asked and you have graciously accepted to read a, a couple of excerpts from J.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit about those riddles in the dark. From the chapter Riddles in the Dark, these are the words of J.R.R. Tolkien in the book The Hobbit. What is he, my precious, whispered Gollum, who always spoke to himself, though never having anyone else to speak to. This is what he had come to find out, for he was not really very hungry at the moment, only curious, otherwise he would have grabbed first and whispered afterwards. I am Mr. Bilbo Baggins. I have lost the dwarves, and I have lost the wizard, and I don't know where I am, and I don't want to know if only I can get away. What's he got in his hands? said Gollum, looking at the sword, which he did not quite like. A sword, a blade which comes from Gondolin, said Gollum, and became quite polite. Perhaps he sits there and chats with it a bitsy, my precious. It likes riddles, perhaps it does, does it? He was anxious to appear friendly at any rate for the moment, and until he found out more about the sword and the hobbit, whether he was quite alone really, whether he was good to eat, and whether Gollum was really hungry, Riddles were all he could think of, 
asking them and sometimes guessing them, had been the only game he had ever played with other funny creatures sitting in their holes in the long, long ago, before he lost all his friends and was driven away alone and crept down, down into the dark under the mountains. Very well, said Bilbo, who was anxious to agree, until he found out more about the creature, whether he was quite alone, whether he was fierce or hungry, and whether he was a friend of the goblins. You ask first, he said, because he had not had time to think of a riddle. So Gollum hissed, What has roots, says nobody sees, is taller than trees, up, up it goes, and yet never grows. Easy, said Bilbo, mountain, I suppose. Does it guess easy? It must have a competition with us, my precious. If precious asks, and it doesn't answer, we eats it, my precious. And if it asks us, and we doesn't answer, then we does what it wants, eh? We shows it the way out, yes. All right, said Bilbo, not daring to disagree, and nearly bursting his brain to think of riddles that could save him from being eaten. Thirty white horses on a red hill. First they champ, then they stamp, then they stand still. That was all he could think of to ask. The idea of eating was rather on his mind, as it is with all of us hobbits, I may interject. <laughs> it was rather an old one, too, and Gollum knew the answer as well as you do. Chestnuts, chestnuts, he hissed. Teeth, teeth, my precious, but we only have six. Later, Tolkien continues. Gollum thought the time had come to ask something hard and horrible. This is what he said. This thing all things devours. Birds, beasts, trees, flowers. Gnaws iron, bites steel. Grinds hard stones to meal. Slays king, ruins town. And beats high mountain down. Poor Bilbo sat in the dark, thinking of all the horrible names of all the giants and ogres he had ever heard told of in tales. But not one of them had done all these things. He had a feeling that the answer was quite different and that he ought to know it. But he could not think of it. He began to get frightened. And that is bad for thinking. Gollum began to get out of his boat. He flapped into the water and paddled to the bank. Bilbo could see his eyes coming towards him. His tongue seemed to stick in his mouth. He wanted to shout out, Give me more time! Give me more time! But all that came out of Bilbo's mouth was a sudden squeal. Time! Time! Bilbo was saved by pure luck. For that, of course, was the answer oh, to the riddle. J.R. Tolkien has such a delightful way of writing. And it will be very interesting uh, to see the... Uh, the scene of the riddles in the dark. The realization of that scene will be fabulous. And I think we have a phone call coming in. I think we have a phone call. So in just a few moments, we will be interviewing Cynthia Williams from Girls, Inc. So let's have a little bit of transition music from the Howard Shore. uh, uh, um, Complete recordings. Yes, uh, complete recordings of Fellowship of the Ring. And in honor of the ring, we'll play the track Keep It Secret, Keep It Safe from... KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.
the music is so amazing that Howard Shore uh, made for those movies, Academy Award winning music, and we are so delighted that we will be enjoying that movie also for The Hobbit Movies. Oh my gosh. Coming keep up it in? secret, keep it safe. The Hobbit premieres December 14th, 2012. Uh, just a little over a year and a half away from you. So, <clears throat> taking a little switch though, um, because we like to celebrate the women, the wonderful women, and many there are in Middle Earth and to I might, inspire us. I might say welcome to my middle eight, my middle, my, not middle age, <laughs> my middle school, my middle school attending niece Genevieve, who is, uh, I think, perhaps a candidate for Girls Inc. Ah, yes. Well, it would be wonderful. Um, I hope. It, did you mention that she might be able to come into the to the studio? It would have been lovely if she could have been here today. But she she's can't at a be here today. Camp. She's at a or science camp. Yes, and so tomorrow morning I'll be bringing my niece Genevieve into the station to show her some of the equipment and technology we use here. Well, we love girls. I love girls. I love one of the things I loved about Peter Jackson's uh, version of the Lord of the Rings story was that he really <clears throat> brought some very strong women into the story and expanded their roles and expanded their stories. And uh, that is wonderful. So today our guest <clears throat> will be Cynthia Williams. I'm very excited. She is the Eureka Director at uh, Girls Inc. of Orange County. And Girls Incorporated of Orange County, I'm going to read a little bit from their website, just amazing. It says their mission is inspiring all girls to be strong, smart, and bold. Their vision, empowered girls and an equitable society. And Girls Incorporated of Orange County has been a respected member of the nonprofit community for over 55 years. They're an affiliate of the Girls Incorporated National Organization, the nation's leading research and evaluation organization on issues pertaining to girls and young women. They work with girls ages four and a half to 18 with proven girl-focused programs at their center located in Costa Mesa and at outreach sites established at schools and community centers throughout Orange County. In 2009, they served 4,660 girls. Wow. Yeah, isn't that amazing? However, for every girl they serve, there are 64 others who need help. So with the community's assistance and support, their numbers continue to grow. As the oldest girl-centered organization in the U.S., Girls, Inc. has been transforming girls' views of themselves and their opportunities for generations. Girls Incorporated of Orange County is much more than an after-school program. They are the place and have the people that help girls succeed. This organization provides programs in communities throughout Orange County with priority given to those areas where the need is greatest. They offer girls elementary and teen after-school and summer programs designed to improve self-esteem, boost grades, prepare for higher education, become active in their communities, explore science, math, and technology, become economically independent women. Girls, Inc. of Orange County, its staff and board of directors are committed to helping girls develop the values and skills they need to become confident, productive, and responsible adults. Their website is Girls, Inc., that's G-I-R-L-S-I-N-C-O-C dot O-R-G. And so 
Cynthia, I believe, is here with us today. Cynthia, are you there? Yes, I am here. Thank you for having me, Tani. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming on today and telling us to tell us about Girls, Inc. over there in Costa Mesa doing wonderful things for empowering the future generation of women movers and shakers uh, in uh, with the young, the young girls of Orange County. So could you tell us a little bit... Um, well, I think I read from the website because I was going to say, well, what is Girls Inc.? I think we have some idea, but how and when did this get started? Was it always a girls' organization? It was not always a girls' organization. Uh, it's Well, yeah, yes and no. So it started in the 1850s. Wow. And, yes, in the Northeast as a, as a women's club. And then it branched from there in the, in the mid-1900s uh, where we became um, boys' clubs and girls clubs and uh, and then in about 20 years ago we decided when the boys clubs of america they wanted to go co-ed we decided that we still wanted to focus on girls and that's when we became girls incorporated great and what um what is your role there i saw that your title is eureka director what what does that mean so Eureka Director, Eureka is our prime, premier program for middle school girls. And what we try to do is we, we expose girls to non-traditional careers in science, technology, engineering, and math. And mm-hmm. we do that in a number of ways. So like you had mentioned before, we do year-round programming at middle schools as well as high schools and in the community centers. But then in the summer, we have what we call our Eureka program, and that's held at two community colleges here in the Southland at Orange Coast College mm-hmm. and Santa Ana College. And so we've been doing the Eureka program, which is a national program, for 13 years here in Orange County, 13 years at Orange Coast College, and we're happy to say that, or delighted to say, that we're also for the first year having the program at Santa Ana College. Mm. So it's for rising 7th, 8th, and ninth graders, and this year we have 90 girls participating at Orange Coast College and 50 girls at Santa Ana College. Oh, that's wonderful. So, um, so the elementary school camp, uh, and they're, both of the camps are currently going, is that correct? Yes, the elementary camp is currently at our main center, which is in Costa Mesa at 1815 Anaheim Avenue. And so it is a day camp uh, for the elementary school age, and it goes up to sixth grade. And so that's been going on. They started uh, probably about a month ago, and that will go to the end of August. Now, with the Eureka program, which is which is really exciting, not only do we expose the girls to, like I said, the non-traditional careers in science, technology, engineering, and math, but like our elementary program, we we really focus on the whole girl, mm. and so we we expose them to again, those types of careers, but we also do things like, especially with our Eureka program, we have classes in self-defense, and we do dance and photography and art and economic literacy. You had mentioned that before because we want these young girls to grow up to be self-sufficient women, and they do swim, and they also are 
have field trips on Friday. But there's also a component of college readiness. And so we want them to think about higher education and and what that looks like in terms of the type of courses that they should be taking in high school to prepare them for college. Mm -hmm. We also recently, uh, this week, we're doing mock interviews with the with the middle school girls, and so I actually participated as a interviewer, and they we they had, were given the questions in advance, and they did a phenomenal job in term of in terms of you know why we we set up a, a scenario where they had to interview to become a part of the Eureka program. So we asked why why they wanted to participate in the program. We t- asked them about their strengths and weaknesses. We asked them about their accomplishments. We asked them about a difficult situation that they had to face and how they handled it. And they had 10 minutes to interview and then we gave constructive feedback. But, but prior to that, they had been uh, participating in some courses, some classes leading up to this, so they could be prepared in terms of how to conduct themselves in the interview and professional dress and attire. And so they had gone through some of that and some role playing as well. So I, I, I can tell you firsthand, just from being on the other side of the table, that for 11, 12, and 13 year olds, they did they did a great job of eye contact and handshake and projecting themselves and being mm. able to tell a story. So, so, the, so those are some of the things that we've been doing during Eureka. That's wonderful, and these are these are skill sets, and um, that you know these type of things are not taught in a regular school. You know, people, you know, kids go to school and they are studying their subjects. So it's wonderful that you have this expanded uh, set of uh, skills for girls, and a lot of it is just uh, because you know it doesn't come up. I um, a friend of mine has several teenage uh, kids, right, uh, are at that age you know, 16, 17 years old, and they wanted to get summertime jobs. Mm-hmm. And for a couple of them, it, it wasn't very hard because they were used to talking to people. But the other two really struggled with, you know, the idea of going and applying for a job and, and going through an interview, you know, just trying to articulate why they should be able to get the job. So that's, um, that's wonderful that you're helping uh, girls at that young age. Yes, and we we're also bringing in professional women to talk about their careers and their path in terms of their education. And so we had a career panel at Santa Ana College, and we had Councilwoman um, uh, Michelle Martinez, and uh, we had Lucy Santana, who's our executive director here. And so we're, again, exposing the girls to not only college readiness but, but careers, Mm-hmm. And, and and how and how do you have start with a, a goal, and how do you accomplish that goal, and, and what does it take to go from a, you know A to B, mm-hmm. and so those are some of the things that we've been working working with the girls. That's great. This is Milo, the co-host, and thank you so much for having these fabulous programs for girls and working on them. I have a niece, hello Genevieve, that is listening to the program today, and. I would like to get her involved in Eureka. She is going into the seventh grade, I believe, and I think she's qualified then for the program. But what is the mechanism that she gets involved? Uh, so great, great question. Uh, the, both programs started, well, the program Orange Coast College, we're in the third week, so it will end next Friday, the 29th. And Santa Ana College is saying that we're in their second week, and they will end next Friday as well. 
but we're already starting to um, think about dates for next summer. So, yes, Genevieve would be eligible because she'll be a rising eighth grader and just depends on which location would be best for her, Orange Coast College or Santa Ana College. We do some of the same programming at both both colleges, but there's also some differences based on the community and based on the resources within that community. But either way, she'll get a rich program that's rigorous, that's fun, uh, with a dedicated staff that are college graduates that have been trained as facilitators. And then we bring in quite a few vendors in terms of teaching some of the other classes in our electives. So today, for instance, I was able to... Uh, sit in on the class of self-defense, a police officer at Santa Ana Police Department really teaching girls what to do and how to defend themselves, even mm-hmm. at 11 and 12 years old, how they can feel powerful even if someone is three times their body weight. It's wonderful to do that empowerment. So uh, let's say that uh, Genevieve wants to get involved next year. I mean, is the process to register on the Internet or download a PDF of an application and mail it in, or what's the basic process for a girl to participate in Eureka? She would just go to our website, and I know that Tanya mentioned it earlier, but I'll mention again, www.girlsinc-oc.org. And under programs, there is a a space for Eureka. And so there's information regarding Eureka. We usually get the information up for the upcoming year. That will be up in the uh, winter, spring of 2012. Great. Wonderful. And um, I'm kind of curious, is there, we don't mention uh, prices here on the air, but is there is there a cost for the program? Um, who, you know, is it something that um, for people that might have a little bit of a challenge being able to afford a program like this for their child? I guess there, there is a cost. There's a basic, um, it depends on the location. But there is a sliding fee scale uh, depending on location and income level. Oh, okay, great. Are there scholarships available? Yes, there are scholarships available. Great. And, uh, in fact, it was um, I was noticing um, something on the website, I believe, that I downloaded it. I thought I printed it off, having to do with scholarships. Um, oh, the, uh, actually, this was the Girls, Inc. Scholars, the Lucille Miller Wright National Scholars Program. Mm-hmm. That sounds wonderful. Could you tell us a little bit uh, about that? Or I have some information that I did print off here from uh, from your website. Uh, yes. So that is for our high school girls. Uh-huh. And so, for instance, this year we had five of our girls uh, uh, participate or yeah, register, participate for the scholarship. And four of them received scholarships of Two received fifteen thousand, and two received twenty five hundred, and this is going towards their their college education. And uh, they had to write an essay, and we do quite a bit of prep. We have a college bound program where we go to the high a few high schools here in the area, and it's either after school or sometimes it's during school. And so we help with essay writing. We talk about the requirements to get into a four-year university. We help them with SAT and, mm-hmm. and, re- and registration for college and essays. 
And so with all of that, we have, of course, lots of volunteers that come in and help with the process. And the fruit of our labor was was evidence and the scholarships that our girls have won this year. And this is not just this year. We have had quite a success in the last five years with girls winning um, over $115,000 over the last five years. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that's really, really excellent. My gosh. And so it sounds like you do accept the help of volunteers. If someone cannot support the program of Girls Inc. Orange County financially, they can help maybe with their sweat equity, with their helping hands. In order to become a volunteer for Girls Inc., what is the process there? Again, uh, if they can go to the website and there is, they can click on volunteers, and there's a lot of opportunities to get involved. So depending on what age level the volunteer wants to get involved, they can help out with our young elementary school girls at our main center in Costa Mesa, again, at 1850 Anaheim Avenue, or they could help out with the middle and high school girls. Uh, we also do some programming for them at the center. And so it just depends on what level that they want to get involved. And then we've had volunteers throughout the summer for the Eureka program. Every day there are volunteers in the classroom and on the days that we have field trips. So there's numerous ways for volunteers to get involved. And, of course, we, we do training to make sure that they're comfortable and their questions are answered and that they're equipped to provide the best experience for our girls, but also for themselves. We want them to walk away feeling that this was a good experience for them as well. A reminder, yeah. you're listening to Cynthia Williams, Eureka Director at Girls, Inc. of Orange County. The program you're listening to is What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine. The Girls, Inc. of Orange County website is www.girlsinc, that's G-I-R-L-S-I-N-C dash O-C dot O-R-G. And, Cynthia, I'm curious, uh, I know the summer programs are already in uh, progress, but um, can people still apply to get involved with the after-school programs uh, starting in the fall? With the after-school programs, those are typically tied, um, associated with the various schools that we are, uh, that we go out to in the mm. fall. Okay. And so it's, it's more that, more so than an individual signing up as one person. Um, there's usually a relationship that we have with several schools in the community that we do outreach. Okay. So if someone could someone would if somebody was interested, could would they just call uh, their own school and find out if they have programs that are involved with Girls Inc.? Absolutely, that's one way. And and then also if they are interested in find out what type of programming that we have and we currently if we're currently not at that particular school, then then we would love to know that as well. Then what we do is we get in touch with the administration and let them know what type of program that we offer, and then perhaps this is something that they would want to bring to their student body. Well, um, it was interesting, too, because uh, on your website I noticed that you also um, have several um, events coming up, just wonderful things that the community can become involved in uh, for supporting the work over there at uh, Girls, Inc. Um, There's a... um, uh, in in September, the Girls Inc. Guild Fashion Forecast over at Neiman Marcus. That sounds really exciting. Yes, 
And then we also have our, our annual gala, which is our our largest uh, fundraiser, and that's this year the theme is Wonderland. Oh. And that's at the beautiful Island Hotel in Newport Beach, and that is Friday, October 28th. Great. And then there's also a holiday celebration in uh, December. Is that is that right? Right, at the Ritz Restaurant on December the 8th. And so all of that information is on our website. We have a section called Save the Date. Uh-huh. And oh, so anyone can go to our website and, and contact the, um, the person there, Elizabeth McKebbin, who is our fund developer, and get more information about the events or becoming a member of some of our various organizations here. Super. And under Save the Date, I note with interest, Women for Girls College Shower. Yes. With the great speaker Kendra Vallone. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Saturday, that's coming this Saturday, July the 23rd at 11 a.m., Right, and, and that's for our seniors who just graduated. And, oh. yes, so we're equipping them with all of the necessary tools that they need uh, to get them started on college life. And so we have uh, we have a Women for Girls organization that's part of Girls, Inc., and so they're organizing that, and we're giving the girls, um, you know, like I said, things to get ready to go off to college. I noticed uh, on the uh, page of about the Girls Inc. Scholars um, for the 2010 National Scholars, uh, one uh, lovely girl, Grace, uh, said, "In the past five years, Girls Inc. has impacted my life by letting me know that I am capable of achieving anything. Anything. I never have to face my fears alone because Girls Inc. will always be with me. So it's amazing that these young women are going off to college and moving on with their lives, but the um, the wonderful investment that Girls Inc. has made in their lives continues to inspire them years years after they are out of the programs. Absolutely. You know, oftentimes they, they grow up with us. We mm-hmm. see them you know, in our elementary program and then they go into our Eureka program and then our college bound. And then our, our other program that we hadn't chatted about and I want to talk about briefly is mm-hmm. our externship, externship program. Yeah. And these are for our high school girls that are 15 and a half to 18. And and what that does, our externship program is there to to expose them to the world of work. And so they get an opportunity to to go into an organization and sponsor and shadow professionals in their everyday work life. So they shadow professionals. They work on some small projects. They typically are there for four weeks, about 20 hours a week, and we have 25 young ladies that started their externships this this past week, or last week, actually, mm-hmm. and so we've got some great companies that have, are hosting our girls from biomedical to law offices to CPA to entrepreneurs. So this is, again, a great opportunity for them to learn about the world of work, shadow professionals, Mm. be able to interview them to find out. Oops. Did... Oops. I think we, I'm afraid we lost I we Cynthia. Lost I hope she calls back in. While we're waiting for her to call in, I would like to just reiterate some of the Girls, Inc. program philosophy. It's really tremendous. 
if you look at what the program philosophy is, it says, we believe that all girls are capable of achieving their full potential if the social, cultural, and legal barriers to their success are recognized and addressed. And the statements just flow out. Girls are strong. Girls are resourceful. And those two statements make me think of Eowyn, Mm, the the shield yes. maiden who strikes down the king of the Nazgul. Girls are bold. Girls are proud. Girls are capable. And I think of Arwen yes. as she saves Frodo from the evil Black Riders. Mm-hmm. Girls are competent. Girls are gifted. Girls are sisters. And I think about Galadriel and her tremendous work in The Lord of the Rings. And the program philosophy of Girls Inc. continues that girls deserve environments in which they are taken seriously. Girls deserve environments that are inclusive, fostering diversity based on race, social class, ability, disability, culture. Girls deserve opportunities for active involvement with peers. And so it's a tremendous affirmative, it's a tremendous positive statement Mm -hmm. that when you look at it, I mean, we've got Half of the children are girls, half the children are boys. And we know that, unfortunately, we have to recognize that our society, for vast historical reasons, sometimes does not give girls their due. And this is a wonderful way, Girls Inc. of Orange County, contributing to get that that half of our children's population, the girls, up to speed with engineering and math and science. So we don't have to suffer what the Hobbit suffered. (laughs) Many years ago when the Hobbit went to college, he went to a scientific technical college and there were 525 boys and two girls. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank goodness that that is... I don't believe that's too that's much... That's no longer the case. No longer the, the case. college is now and, about half and half. And Girls Inc. And is... Probably due to Girls Inc. Yes. Well, uh, Cynthia is back with us. We only have a couple of minutes. Uh, thank you again, Cynthia, so much for for being with us today and for your wonderful work over at Girls Inc. and all of the women uh, and staff there that are working so hard to empower the young women... Uh, of today, and I, I just wanted to ask you how how is being involved there? What you know? What has this meant to you personally? I'm just curious. You know, it, it must be tremendously rewarding uh, knowing that you're enriching the lives of of young girls. Absolutely. You know, I've been with the organization uh, for about seven months, and I've been able to witness some of the girls who have have come back this summer who are in college currently that have come back to be volunteers and just them sharing with us the experiences that they have and how they felt that we had given them the tools that they needed to be successful where they are today as 20 and 21 and 22-year-old women who started with our program, you know, eight years ago and nine and ten years ago. Mm -hmm. And so to see that, yes, we are making a difference and for these young women to come back and to want to give back and help that next generation has, has really been impactful. Well, thank you again so much for being uh, with us today. Again, if uh, any of you listening um, live or on the podcast would like more information about Girls, Inc. in Orange County or perhaps any of the other nationwide uh, locations for Girls, Inc., please visit for Orange County the website www.girlsinc.com dash oc.org and uh, Cynthia again thank you so much for being in the world doing what you're doing and for sharing your story with us here today thank you Tony I appreciate the time okay.
We'll be in touch. Thank okay. you. Okay. Have bye a great bye. evening. Thanks. Bye-bye. So that was wonderful. Wow, what an amazing and program. I, I'm going to have to tell my dear niece Genevieve yes. about this. And perhaps next year, I as she's know. going into eighth grade, she can participate in Eureka, yes, well, which I, is Greek, by the way, for I have found it. Have it's found also it. the motto of the state of California. Ah, yes. Well, I loved it because it just it just sounded so fun reading about some of the things that they were doing. Astronaut ice cream, they go to the Discovery Science Center, uh, Orange County Fair, Irvine Spectrum, ice skating. Uh, helping Hands, Huntington Beach Cleanup, a big film hill. production. Yeah, film the storyteller production. program gives them basics of film production, which is very apropos. Look at Catherine Bigelow, yes, yes. the uh, the Academy Award winning director of Hurt Locker, yes. the first woman to win the Oscar for directing. And speaking of not a, not a film so much right now, but of a great production. Uh, in our last few minutes here, we are very um, excited to again be able to offer. Two tickets to the screw tape, screw tape letters, which will be um, coming here to Orange County to Irvine, right here on the wonderful campus of UC Irvine, from where we broadcast, and at the Barclay Theater, starting Thursday, July the twenty-first, for a, a brief run, but a. A wonderful run with Max McLean as screw tape. <laughs> yes, and the interview, which we interviewed Max two weeks ago today, is up on podcast. Which uh, where can people find that? The podcast go to kucitalk dot org, kucitalk dot org, or you can go to the iTunes Store and search for Arwen A R W E N. So a wonderful, delightful interview uh, time that we had with him. What an amazing voice! His voice is almost as amazing as yours, Milo, my dear hobbit. <laughs> well, thank you, Elf Princess. If you'd like to win a pair of tickets to the Screw Tape Letters with Max McLean... For this coming Thursday evening, it's the opening night performance. That is Thursday evening, July the 21st. Please call 949-UCI-KUCI. Uh, 949-824-5824. And that's what we do here at UCI. Please check out our website at KUCI.org for all kinds of amazing music shows, public affairs shows. A lot of the shows, uh, we give out tickets to local concerts. And DJ training, and which DJ begins training. tonight. Yes, in fact, It's DJ not too training. late. It's, it begins at 7 p.m., Mm-hmm. And if in case you were ever interested, you can uh, visit our website. I believe it has the uh, information on where the trailer is located. Where the training location the is. Training location Just is. go to KUCI.org. And the training is eight weeks long, 7 to 8 p.m. You can go tonight for the first uh, session and find out about it. If for some reason you can't make it tonight, you're allowed to miss one training session. And but still, only one. But only one and still graduate. So uh, email um, Deanna at KUCI at uh, training at KUCI.org. But try to make it tonight. You know, you never know. It could change your life. Change my life. It changed my life. <laughs> and so, uh, again, so we have two tickets for the opening night of Screw Tape. The Screw Tape Letters here at the Barclay Theater, um, 949-824-5824. And with that, dear Hobbit, it is going to wrap oh, it no, up. Oh, no. It can't be time already. <laughs> It is, and again, we have had so much fun and hopefully shared something with our listeners to inspire them to get involved, maybe do some volunteer work or, um, 
you know, do something with their nieces and nephews, as you are doing with your uh, niece in the CSI camp. Do something with your nieces and nephews or neighbor, you know, neighbor children to uh, help enrich the lives of those who come after. Absolutely. Because we love little hobbit children and elflings and dwarflings. <laughs> oh, we, we love them all. We love them all. And please stay tuned because coming up in just a few moments, we'll have the Serena Sharp Show, hot topics that you really care about, a re, uh, rebroadcast of... Uh, that uh, wonderful show that aired uh, several years ago. So brief broadcast of Serena Sharp Show uh, coming up at 5 o'clock and then at 6 o'clock. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, indomitable Heather McCoy on the Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident. Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident, a tremendous eclectic mix of music, one of the many great music programs we have here on KUCI. And just an hour away. So... Dear Hobbit, until next week, I will say, Elen Salalumin Amentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. Elf Princess, I'll be back. <laughs> and we'll be back with more adventures, movie reports, and who knows what else we may come up with between now and next week. In the meantime, let's leave our listeners with some of little Hobbit music from the original soundtrack of Fellowship of the Ring, one of my favorite songs on the entire universe. This is concerning Hobbit's Academy Award-winning music from Howard Shore. Until next week, namariye. Mm-hmm.